So, this is where they keep the old relics, then, eh? I'll have you know, this is where our most cutting-edge technology is developed. Mm, point taking. Must you touch everything? My mic's been on since your crotch was in the mic. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that's a great way to start. Great segue for all the people that have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Uh, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. Uh, my name is David. My friend here is Aaron. Good evening, sir. Hey, what's up? I don't know if I just like peeked behind the curtain a little bit with that by saying good evening to you. Now people know that we record in the evening. That's like. Oh, do they think we were like nine a.m. or that's what? stuff they're not supposed to know. They're not supposed to know that, man. Yeah, we we got to keep something hidden, otherwise uh, <laughs> there's no mystique to the show. That's fair. Uh, speaking <laughs> of mystique, now I, I'm about to. Speaking of like peeking behind the curtain, I'm about to say something that may or may not actually result in anything. But we're trying to see if we can do a video form of this podcast. Is Poor as it may look, you can see us in our dingy basements. My basement especially, the lighting is very dingy because I'm trying to make up for a crappy webcam right now that will hopefully be remedied in a little in a little while. So we'll see how this goes. But if you by chance are watching... And I finally got good lighting so you can see me. Yeah, I can, I can see you. Super dingy. Yeah, and then you, uh, the way you're set up right now, it's great because... You, it just like frames your wall that you yeah. worked so diligently on. I actually made made a joke about that um, in, I believe, it, our What a Week number five, the the one that just came out as we're recording this. Now that I think about it, there will be another one out by the time this is out. But um, I made because you had said that you're reading some of your old alternative press magazines, and so I made a joke about how. Uh, you were um, just doing arts and crafts with them, which wasn't entirely a joke because it's true. You've decorated a wall behind you, and it looks pretty sweet. That is true. My wife was reading those uh, What a Week blog posts last night, and she got a kick out of that. So <laughs> she, as, as soon as she read that, she knew what you were talking about. Yeah. So. <laughs> I even like dropped it twice in there, I think. I forget what the other one yeah. was, but there was there was another reference about arts and crafts time. Um, <laughs> so that's that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, hey, if you're uh, new to the show, welcome. And uh, we should give you all that important information. For instance, you can go follow us uh, on you know all your social media places. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Growing Punk Pod. You will find uh, both mine and Aaron's Instagrams and Twitters linked there as well. Uh, we've also got merch. So if you want a T-shirt, specifically a T-shirt with a picture of you and I riding a horse on the back, which speaking <laughs> of your wife, she she is the one who illustrated that. So uh, it's pretty She's fantastic. the one that dreamt of that, and that's what well, happens. You dreamt of it. She <laughs> just brought it into reality. Um, but yeah, that is up. So you can go, you can go buy that. There are a couple of t-shirt designs there. Uh, if you want to, if you want to get them, um, we're also on discord now. So this is something that we just started. Uh, it's a discord that we started, which if you're like, what is discord? It's basically just like a, a group chat sort of thing, um, that we started with some other podcast friends of ours and then some of their listeners. So if you want to be a part of it, we're talking about all things punk rock and a lot of pizza talk. There's a lot of pizza talk. In fact, uh, the group is called the Pizza Crust Posers. I had to think about that. But nice. yeah, both of those things are linked at our website, which is growingpunkpod.com. So you can find both of those there. You can also find 
a link to our Patreon there. Uh, so if you like what we do and you want to support us uh, and you want to get some bonus episodes in your ears and, you know, if you want to read some every now and then, some bonus blogs or videos, stuff like that, uh, there will be extra content on there. Five bucks a month. That's all it is. Five bucks a month. So, uh, and actually, uh, yeah, the, the video form of this podcast, assuming it works, if it's, you know, if we get the kinks worked out or not, that'll be a Patreon bonus too. So uh, if you want to... If you want to see those, if you want to see what we look like in our dingy basements so that, you know, all your wildest fantasies and dreams can come true, well, here we are for you. Just join our Patreon, five bucks a month. Um, that's also, I, 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 yeah. With the five bucks a month, I can't help but think, you know, on those like old ads for uh, like World Vision stuff, like, you know, for the price of a coffee, <laughs> a, coffee a day, it's, and for ours, it's like for the price of a coffee a day, just for one day, just for one day, you can yeah. have Patreons. <laughs> not even it's not even every day; it's just one day. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> if one day a month you decided to be just a grumpy old asshole because you didn't get your coffee, we appreciate it. <laughs> uh, that's uh, you can find it Patreon.com/slash/GrowingPunkPod, or it's also uh, linked at our website GrowingPunkPod.com. So uh, check all that out. So uh, yeah. This is our first, I, I want to say our first regular episode in a little bit, because we, um, we started a series yeah, on MX... Yeah, it's like a while. Yeah, we started a series on MXPX, which we're continuing uh, with this episode, and we've just had some... Not that it, there were scheduling issues by any means, it was just we had a ton of interviews that were coming up that we wanted to release that were exciting, of course. A couple yeah. of interviews with Steve Kravak, uh, we had the the interview with Brian McTurnan. We had so it was just like producer month for whatever reason. We were just chatting with producers that worked on killer albums, and uh, and of course with all the Slick Shoes release stuff, we had some kind of special episodes around that. But and uh, uh, just rambling because then last week was a regular episode. We just had a guest, <laughs> right? The guest was yeah, yeah. Roger of uh, No Motive, which was an incredible episode. Hearing a lot of great feedback on that. Uh, it was it was so much fun getting to kind of you know hear some of those inside insider stories or whatever about a couple of albums that for myself were some favorites. Uh, so that was yep. awesome. But we are back in the saddle, as the T-shirt states. We are back in the saddle. Oh yeah, again. we are ready to take over the world, and we are ready to take over the world. But before we get into uh, continuing our MXPX series, let's talk new music. Uh, what do you got? What's something that you've been listening to that you wanted to shine a little light on? Yeah, well, it seemed like on on this last week that there was a bunch of releases that came out. Just none of them, or none of the ones that I saw popping up a lot were the ones that specifically interested me. Maybe I'll touch on those. If not, you can go find those somewhere else. <laughs> uh, but one for me was um, a band called Fit for a King. They're a metalcore band that have been around for a number of years, and they released their new album, and uh, and they released a bunch of 
So what's been kind of cool in this era of COVID is seeing how bands, you know, are they still going to put, you know, extra effort into a CD release? What's that going to look like? And and so they, on the release day, I believe, um, or that weekend, they, they put out a free, I think it was um, streamed on Twitch, but it was also on YouTube as well, where they did a free kind of live show. So it had like all the production that they normally would have had on a live show, and they played through the whole album as well as a few other songs. And so I thought that was a really cool a cool way to get people, you know, engaged in the music and, um, you know, instead of just kind of streaming an album and not being able to see them live, you know, for however long. So, yeah. um, shout out to Fit for a King for making it special for their fans. That's cool. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that, I heard a lot of people talking about that one, or I should say I saw a lot of people talking about it on, I want to say the labeled podcast uh, Facebook group, maybe, uh, something, yeah. something about, anyway, it was, it was popping up everywhere. Um, the record or, or song, I mean, the record and song that I wanted to mention, it's funny because we were texting about this earlier. You're like, well, I guess I have like a heavier pick. And then I said, well, that's great because my pick is like the opposite of heavy. Um, my pick would be Into It, Over It. They just released their album Figure. best way I can describe this for anyone who hasn't heard into it over it uh, it reminds me of Death Cab for Cutie and the Decemberist kind of like that sort of sound meets uh, I'd say like Owen a band called Owen um, which is mm. like Mike Kinsella from American Football I, I mean he's more specifically now Mike Kinsella of Owen that's been the longer lived project I think but uh, he does a lot of really intricate acoustic work on those Owen projects and there's kind of some of that going on here uh, but yeah it's, it's kind of just this really good for me it was a really good record kind of like leading into fall the time of year that we've got here um, I wrote a review of it actually it's up at growingpunkpod.com if you want to read it but the song that I specifically wanted to kind of highlight I guess you could say would be the song Brush Strokes so um, yeah that was that was a lot of uh, that, that record it kind of surprised me actually where it came from uh, because is it like a, is it a catchy album or is it more kind of indie feel like a little bit more obscure? 
No, I'd say it's catchy. Like it's it's quite catchy. The song Brushstrokes, especially, I kind of point out in the review that I wrote that you know there's no chorus on that song, but the way he kind of leads into every verse, um, it's really catchy. And then you you don't notice that there's no chorus. I think because of how specifically repetitive he is with the word brushstrokes, kind of going in into the different verses and what have and what have you. But mm. um, yeah, no, I think it's pretty catchy. It was it was a record. I was really excited for Knuckle Puck's new album, which came out. Yeah, and it's fine. I like it more than I would say I like their their pre like their last album, Shapeshifter. I think Copacetic. I really liked Shapeshifter. I was kind of, eh. and this one I think is better than Shapeshifter, at least kind of on early listen. But it still wasn't something that really immediately grabbed me. It's a lot slicker sounding Knuckle Puck. Like I think the production values have gone up. That's been one. Um, one criticism I've had of Knuckle Puck for a long time is that uh, their their production always felt like over compressed and just kind of a little bit messy. Uh, I know a lot of people I, I can remember mm. reading different reviews where they said how great it sounded. I'm like, excuse me, really? Like I think it's quite the opposite. <laughs> but um, anyway, the, it, it's a fine album. But into it, over it kind of sort of surprised me and just how I kept going back to that one, listening to it a number of times. So. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for something a little more mellow because it's you know getting colder and the leaves are falling, at least where we live, um, you know it's it's a it's a good one for you. So let's get into uh, let's get into some more MXPX, shall we? We're gonna talk about secret. yeah, let's yeah. do it. We're gonna so we the the series that we're doing. If you're just jumping in with us here, is we're talking about MXPX, but it's everything that came after the ever passing moment. So we've only done one episode so far, uh, which was of course before everything and after and panic. And, uh, I know there were some EPs and stuff that kind of came in there, especially looking back like the Renaissance EP, uh, technically came after the ever passing moment. And I think we'll get there, uh, but we're just going through the full lengths first. So we're moving on yeah. to secret weapon and plans within plans. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited because for me, this is, kind of another era of mxpx were another golden era maybe of mxpx even though you know they never reached like the the actual commercial success that they would have i don't think anyway uh, i could be yeah. wrong on that maybe you've got some numbers that'll surprise me but um you know like because these albums came after the pop punk boom things had kind of settled down in that world right so uh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if those numbers weren't anywhere the same but let's start by talking about secret weapon Yeah, so Secret Weapon is the eighth studio album by MXPX and is considered a back-to-roots album for the group. So they were back on Tooth & Nail, which was, I think, pretty shocking for many people at that time. Um, just because there was a bunch of controversy about the time that uh, slowly, away the, slowly going the way the Buffalo came out. And uh, so I, I think... There were some that were kind of hesitant about that, but then others that were excited about that and glad that that had been all kind of cleared cleared up. 
And then they were back with uh, Aaron Sprinkle Producing, who did their first album, Poconacha. And so that was kind of a cool, cool relationship. I don't know how I feel about, you know, the whole kind of tagline, back to roots. Sometimes I'm like, oh, is that just like an easy way to kind of say like, oh, they just kind of fell back to what they were doing before or, you know, they tried something new, they failed, back to the roots. It's like get people excited, but is it just kind of like a cop-out? I don't know. I, I don't really love that. I mean, there are some bands when I see that, it's like, oh, okay, I'm excited about that, but I don't know, you know, and with um, like especially Panic, like I would have said Panic was back to roots because, I mean, that came out before this, and so, you know, that album... While it did have some, still some mainstream stuff on it, it did kind of bring that back. So, anyways, yeah, pan- my little rant on that. Panic part. definitely was obviously when we discussed this was darker and a little more raw than, uh, especially before everything and after. But I can yeah. see where they're coming from and saying this was like a back to roots thing. Especially, obviously, you tie in uh, tooth and nail, but I think just the overall sound kind of stuck closer to that than even panic did because yeah you said panic had like i think of songs like wrecking hotel rooms and i'm like i don't know right. if they, i don't know if yeah. a song like that it, granted they had a song like chick magnet on life in general right which was a like kind of a complete left turn for a song but um it, it also felt a little more uh in 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 line i guess with chick magnet because you know at that time like swing and ska was really a big thing that was kind of working in in the pop punk punk world right so right back in that back in the day but um yeah no with this with this record i think it just felt overall i i would agree with that that it felt overall like a a return to form even for mxpx yeah which you know maybe some people wanted maybe some people didn't i don't remember exactly what my thoughts were you know after panic whether i was thinking like okay what direction are they gonna go is it gonna be you know more dark, more pop, or whatever. But anyways, I, I, I get it's just kind of a commercial way of engaging people and getting them excited. And without saying anything about the music, it gives people an understanding of kind of the direction they're going. So, um, but yeah, the, the album de- debuted. Debuted. <laughs> debuted. Debuted. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> At number 76 on the Billboard 200. So you're mentioning with numbers. Yeah. I couldn't find exactly a number what that was, but I would say for that era, that's probably pretty decent for uh, for a band like them. Um, the album featured guest appearances from members of Bad Religion, Sugar Cult, and Good Charlotte, um, which I didn't know about the Good Charlotte one, but apparently um, the brothers did some guest vocals on one of the, the B-sides or the, the extra tracks. So Yeah, and uh, I think I could probably tell you. Um, well, this album actually came in three different versions. So there's a standard version with 16 tracks, a double 12-inch version with special artwork, and then a special edition with a making-of DVD, new artwork, and three extra tracks. So I think it was one of the tracks on there, I believe, that I saw, um, but I, I couldn't remember exactly. And none of the those extra tracks really, you know, at least title-wise, didn't stand out to me as yeah. songs that I had heard and, and loved. So. so, yeah, for sure, I'm just looking, because I, I have the vinyl in front of me, because there are a few notes I had about it, but... Uh, the Hoo Ha Jangle is uh, oh, yeah. is the song that Yikes. features Benji Madden. What is that? He's even also, mean? but he also sings on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He also sings on "Tightly Wound." Um, I believe. I think I saw on maybe it was Wikipedia that was Hoo Ha Jangle. Nah, I can't remember because I believe there was a, if there was a secret song on the CD. I never owned the CD, 
But I think when I read like the 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 features, I feel like or like guest appearances, I feel like it listed tightly wound and it said slash another song that was listed as a secret track. So I don't know. Right. I don't know if it was the hoo ha jangle. I've always hated that. I don't remember. To be fair, so I own like I said, I I I did a video on it. I'm I brought it with me. um, That I don't know how well I know side. D or you know side two of record B or whatever however they or side B of record two I guess they listed here uh, because yeah I'm like looking at the songs and I'm like I don't like the hoo ha jangle I think I can hear the melody of the chorus in my head and I'm like it's not a not really a, a great song so <laughs> um, you know it's not a surprise that it wasn't originally on there it is a surprise I feel that it has you know a feature from you know good yeah. Charlotte basically that's kind of interesting but now I want to go back and listen closer to see because I'm pretty sure it's just backup vocals but um yeah so anyway continue on yeah no that's that's all the notes i got well, for okay well for what were your one, thoughts so. what are your overall thoughts on the record do you did you buy this when it came out were you did you kind of listen to it later because what year we i forget what year this was i'm trying I think this was 2008 i think i remember so, seeing so we weren't we weren't in the streaming world yet um like that wasn't a thing. I don't think. I mean, obviously, like MP3s were for sure a thing, but I don't think. Yeah. I don't think we were in like the world where you know you had streaming services yet. Yeah. Well, actually, I think I have uh, two copies of this on CD. I think I have the original and then um, that bonus one with the DVD on it. Um, yeah. You know, I don't remember exactly. I I don't love this album. Like I've seen lots where like people. You know, this is one of their favorites or, you know, going back to their old style. Every time I listen through it, like, there's definitely some really good songs on here that I love. But overall, this album, for some reason, doesn't super stand out to me. We're going to have um, a fight. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're about to throw down because literally my first note on this album is I love this record. <laughs> yeah, and maybe, I don't know, maybe... I just need to listen to it more. I just love the other ones. Yeah, there's definitely some really good songs on here. I don't. I don't know what. Maybe I'm just questioning myself here. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. I as I went through p- trying to pick songs, like I felt like there was enough. I was like, eh, I don't know about this one and this one. And we actually, which is interesting, because we picked extra songs on this episode. Normally, we pick three songs to kind of highlight, and we did four per album on this one, which is also what we did uh, on the last, like with No Motive, and that was purely because Roger had some songs he wanted to share some thoughts on. But um, yeah, but yeah, here's the thing. I really like this record. I didn't, I wasn't keeping up with MXPX when it came out, so I never owned the CD. I, you know, like Panic was the last one I went into the store and bought. But as I mentioned, I do own it on vinyl. Um, and it, it I, I kind of got it because I started going through this thing where I was like, I just want to get MXPX vinyl because I've shared this before, but they're a band that I credit for, you know, me getting into music uh, to the to the extent that, you know, I have in my life. And so I felt like even if, you know, they weren't my favorite records or I wasn't necessarily listening to that at that point in time, I felt like I needed to still support the band just because it was like this thing where, you know, like I said, I, I, I absolutely credit them for getting me into music so when i started you know kind of collecting vinyl again i was like okay i gotta get some of these mxpx records i've never owned on cd i've never physically owned so i bought this Um, but i do remember listening to it at some point i must have uh like i must have gotten 
maybe I bought it on iTunes or I downloaded it MP3 or whatever, but I can remember listening to it because uh, it it stands out in my head, this album in a house that we were living in when I was going to college. I was in my second year of college and I can remember, you know, kind of first listening to to this record. Now, the you mentioned kind of the different versions of this. The vinyl comes with different artwork, um, which I don't know, like, uh, did, did the CD come with this artwork at all where it's like the the homemade rocket ship? Uh, it might be on the inside. I, yeah. sh- I should have grabbed it here before, but yeah. So um, yeah, it definitely doesn't have that on the front cover. Yeah, and so that's what that's one thing I like about this vinyl issue is that um, I, and I don't know if there was another vinyl release where it was just the normal cover because there is the picture from the normal cover on the inside where they're like all huddled over okay. like the, the table or whatever working on. Yeah. What I can only assume now is this rocket, um, but or whatever it's supposed to be. Uh, but yeah, so. This I, I felt the need to kind of go out and buy it. I love the the artwork that that kind of stood out to me. It also features this album. I think one of the best opening tracks of maybe even any MXPX album. It is up there. The song "Secret Weapon" I think to like start an album is for sure up there when comparing to their you know their other records as far as opening track. It just like from the get go kind of punches you right in the face. And we talked a lot about features. On before everything and after, but this record has some great features, which you mentioned, uh, including. So you said, you know, a member of of Bad Religion, which is Brian Baker, and yeah, he's definitely a member of Bad Religion. But the dude's also played in some pretty notable bands of the past, including Dag Nasty, and he was in Minor Threat. Um, yeah. So like, guy's been around, and like I said, Bad Religion is kind of what he's been his main thing. Um, and, and the final thing I like that I noticed when I was kind of studying or not studying, but like prepping for this, because I kept putting these records on and listening that way on vinyl more so than on my phone or whatever. And so I was looking at, at the, the sleeves and whatnot. And I don't know if the CD does this, but on the inside of the vinyl well, with for all the songs, it's got the lyrics, but then it also lists, you know, who played and who sang what sort of thing, right? Which is a great way to figure out where the features are. But then it also lists the snare drum that Yuri used on every song. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this weird little oh, note cool. where I'm like, why? I wonder why they felt the need to include that. Like, oh, and on this song, like, let's see if I can. It's kind of small and it's not overly bright in here. So, Well, there's... There's a lot of bands, even just recently, um, and it will on the Slick Shoes one, um, Joe mentioned about using different snares, and I know on the new newfound Glory album, Cyrus on one of their uh, studio updates talked about using lots of different snares, and which I think is cool to list it because even myself as a drummer, when I listen to an album, I can't really like pull that out, right? Like once you get it, right. you know, compressed and mixed and mastered, it's like, yeah, it sounds like a snare. <laughs> yeah. Most people wouldn't know from one song to the other. So I actually do like that they included that in there it for is, those that might want that information. It is for sure neat. I'm just wondering like why it's just interesting that it's like I mean, I guess maybe he wasn't, you know, changing symbols or anything. He was just changing his snare. But I find it interesting that it doesn't list like, oh, on this song, Tom used this Les Paul. And on this one, he used this Les Paul. Or, right. You know, yeah. Um, which could be a thing because maybe he just used the same Les Paul on every song, right? Like it, it very well could be that. And that Yuri was the only one who was really changing anything up from song to song. And so it is neat, I think, that they listed it. I don't know if I've ever really seen that, but I just thought it was kind of kind of interesting and uh and worth noting so let's get into the songs then the first song that uh 
that we're going to talk about is punk rock celebrity. This song is uh, a point of contention, and full pun intended, because there's, there's a song called Contention on here. But uh, <laughs> when it came to covering this record, so why don't you share your thoughts on Punk Rock Celebrity? Yeah, I, just before that, I want to just make a quick mention We've of, moved on. Um, of Secret <laughs> Weapon being the opening oh, yeah. track. How do you feel about the title track being the opening track? It's interesting. That, that's pretty rare for, for an album. Yeah, yeah, I've never really, like look to see how often that happens um it's fine it it's such a strong song that i have no issue with that um yeah so maybe that's what they were going for yeah. just start it, get it in people's heads yeah back to their roots baby back here we the, go yeah. title look how track fa- look how fast we're playing um but yeah, yeah there we go but yeah punk rock <laughs> celebrity what are your thoughts on this song yeah so I, I love the beginning of this song it's got you know a classic mxpx feel to it it's a bit I do find that it's almost a bit too similar to the song Shut It Down, though. It, you know, kind of mm-hmm. has the same vibe to it. And I always find myself starting to sing the chorus for Shut It Down when I realize it's not that song. <laughs> so when I was listening to it this week, I would, like, pause it right before the chorus and just sing into Shut It Down. And it's like, oh, this is, you know, just a little bit whatever the chord structure um, or the key or whatever was a bit similar. But, um, yeah, the the lyrics are, are interesting. Um, you know, kind of talking about what punk rock celebrities being fleeting, you know, wondering if this was going to be influenced by a bit of their mainstream success and, you know, having more run-ins and tours with, you know, quote, celebrity punk bands, maybe coming to that realization that they just didn't fit into that mold. Um, At the halftime point of the song is where it kind of goes downhill for me. (laughs) And uh, I so in saying that, I realize this is a unique take on the song for them, and I kind of get what they're going for. But I just find that for me, it kind of totally ruins the song. It just annoys me when that keyboard and that you've made such a big mess part comes <laughs> yeah. in. It's like, okay, I'm done with this song. <laughs> and it's always been like that. I've never appreciated this song. And so, like I said, I, I'm i assuming they were going for something a little bit different and yeah. you know, maybe a bit more dramatic or whatever. But I don't know. It just kills it for me. This song is so interesting for me because... Um, I mean, I like I like what you're saying about the lyrics. Lyrically, it's never really been a song that I've thought was that great. Uh, I'm entertained by the fact that they it's another song that they spelled punk rock the way that they obviously uh, are kind of yeah. known for spelling it. It was like there's there's a little bit of a throwback even in there. Um, and you know, the thing I like about it, it's very much at times, obviously, and I think you said this in our text messages, very much at times feels like an MXPX take on Green Day. American Idiot Green Day, right? Especially, obviously, you talk about the change, and I'll get to that. But even like that opening guitar riff that's kind of like the, you know, kind of like half clean, half distorted guitar that Tom's just playing, like kind of strumming out the chords, really reminds me of American Idiot Green Day sort of stuff. But as soon as it kicks actually into the song and the rest of the band comes in, 
I think it's yeah. I think it's so good. And I, actually, having said that, makes it sound like I think that that opening guitar is bad, which I don't. I like it, but then it kicks in and it kind of goes a different direction that Green Day wouldn't have gone at that time, right? So, um, kind of like going more yeah, back to like the skate punk sort of sound that MXPX, you know, kind of was known for, especially on albums like Life in General and and uh, slowly going the way of the Buffalo, but. Um, and then when it when it drops and changes time signatures because it changes to three four time like in that uh, the breakdown at the end I I really like it in the sense that it's for sure MXPX doing something they've never done before um, but I also think they pull it off and you know it's just this like one song I think the first time I heard it I was like what's going on this is why are we doing this? You know, like Green Day, American Idiot was very much a thing at that point, obviously. And so we'd, yeah. we'd all heard that, you know, like that kind of, sh- not show tuny, but like sounding like it's coming from a musical with just those quick changes and sort of, you know, the, yeah. the overall vibe. But as time kind of went on, the more I kind of, I grew to appreciate and really actually enjoy what they're doing there. And it is a part on the album that I look for every time. And I think it's because of the different elements they bring into it, right? Like, because of what the first half or so of that song sounds like, it's just like, yeah, it does sound a lot like, I was trying to think if it was Shut It Down or if it's actually Secret Weapon that it reminds me of. Because I always yeah, go... Yeah, kind of up all on the same vein, in, those three. Yeah, in the verse, I go to sing, you've always got a problem with authority, which is like Secret Weapon, right? So I'm like, um, I always go to sing that on the verses, and it's interesting, yeah, that you go to Shut It Down on the courses. But... Um, but anyway, all in all, I, I I think it's a great song that I think over time I've grown to love even more. Yeah, I don't know. I would have maybe liked to hear, like I'm not opposed to them experiencing something in that direction. I just, maybe it needed to be its own song or something like more towards the end of the album or I don't right. know. The, I did want to point out too, um, so Aaron Sprinkle does backup vocals on this song and listening on headphones when I was um, kind of like actually writing notes on these specific songs, I was like, man, he has such a great voice. And I've, I've thought that oh, for a long amazing. time. Like uh, yeah. I love his work that he did with fair, for instance. And so just to like, I always, there was always something about the backup vocals that stood out to me on this song. And I never really put my finger on it because I didn't pay close enough attention. But when I was listening today and then like reading the liner notes, I was like, Oh, that's Aaron Sprinkle. Mm-hmm. And then listening closer, I'm like, it sure is. And he sounds fantastic. Um, yeah. And it just adds, it adds a layer to the song for me. Uh, so why don't we get in then to the next one, which I kind of alluded to earlier. We're going to talk about contention. <laughs> So, so yeah, go with go ahead. This was this was your pick. Yeah. Well, before that, I just you got to stop doing this. About man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got some extra comments. Sorry. Start putting your. I hand would up. love to. <laughs> I would love to hear um, more songs with Mike and Aaron. I feel like their vocals would really complement each other. Yeah. Like Mike's got you know kind of that like classic, like a bit kind of raspy punk vocal, and Aaron's vocals are a lot more like. You know, they're higher range, mm. a lot more like kind of cooey. 
And, uh, yeah, I think it would be really cool to hear what, what those two could come up with. I wonder if he did – I'm curious now. I'm sure this answer, and I've heard, I'm sure I've heard this answer, but I'm wondering if he did uh, any backup vocals on Poconaccia. Um, now that you're bringing it up because and what it would have sounded like back to obviously mxpx was a very different beast back then um so to uh yeah and i don't even know how much aaron had have done back then either well he was yeah i mean he was like in vocalize and because i yeah i mean that's fair i don't know if he sang because i think he was in poor old lou right and i don't yeah i don't know if he sang in poor old lou or not or if his brother sang i i don't you know i'm not well you know well versed enough on that early tooth and nail stuff really um to dive into that but yeah their their voices together on on punk rock celebrity yeah it's it's very good so contention bring it back yeah bring it back contention quit changing the subject (laughs) hey that's what i'm here for yeah so this song brings me back to you know kind of fist versus tact and the theme fiasco from slowly going the way it has that hardcore feel to it you know a little bit of you know chaos not not too chaotic, but you know it stays on track and it's still very much to the point. Um, so much so that it's only just over one minute long. Um, but I don't mind a short song if it gets stuck in my head, and this one definitely does. Not because it's necessarily catchy, but it has a different sort of hook to it as they sing. You know that hey contention, hey it's killing us. Like that part always gets stuck in my head. Yeah, and uh, it, it's cool to have a, a short song, but with a powerful message and music to back it up, and so. I find with songs like this, it's like it's done. It's like oh, I could have I could have gone for you know another verse, another part to that song, and yeah. Um, so I I think that's good. You keep it short, keep people wanting more, and and kind of pack a punch in there. Yeah, it's interesting that because you basically covered my entire first note uh, is that lyrically not like lyrically this song reminds me of fist versus tact because it seems to be talking about um you know the the same themes as that song violence isn't really the answer type thing right um it's also about the same length which you mentioned fist versus tact i actually wrote this down as a whole minute and 12 seconds and contention is a minute and 18 seconds so in the time that they've you know grown and matured their songs have also gotten six seconds longer um, and I, I really love uh, the best way I could describe it was like the gnarly guitar line after the second chorus. Um, yeah, he's literally. I think he's just playing two notes, if I recall. But just the way he kind of does it, it's not. And and maybe maybe that little thing is a feature. I'm not sure because it's not a typical uh, Tom Wisniewski line. Uh, it's great. But there are over these two albums, and I, there, I have a note somewhere. I may have skipped it, or I'll come. I'll, I'll hit it again here. But like this is. Tom Wisniewski at his absolute best as a guitar player. Like obviously mm. on Secret Weapon, there are two solos on that song. One of those solos is Brian Baker. The other is Tom. And he's like, there's just parts over these two records where he, you know, whether he's busting into solos or just playing riffs that are, you know, different than he's kind of more known for. He's he's typically yeah. when I think of Tom Wisniewski, I think of, you know, either just like straightforward, you know, it was obvious that, you know, he was kind of brought up on bands like the Ramones and, you know, stuff like that, where it's just like straightforward, more yeah, definitely um, chord driven songs with the odd riff and the riffs were never in my mind too great. Like he didn't, he's not like a riff writer where you're like, man, that song is that riff or that riff is that song right. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but there are parts on this, this record and on plans within plans where he is just absolutely slaying that guitar, I think. And uh, it's, it's pretty great. And this is one of those, like that line, like I said, it's not a Tom Wisniewski typical line and it's not anything crazy, but it's just like something that kind of comes from out of left field. And you talked about the chaos in this song. I think it really 
brings that chaos in, especially for the end when Mike then just starts, you know, I think it's the end of this one. He's like screaming like crazy. I can't remember. Maybe that's on the next record. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I have a tendency to yeah, put all the notes together. Um, but yeah, it's Contention is a great song, and it does remind me of Fist versus Tact, which uh, would would be a, an. It would be fair to say they've gone back to their roots as much as you hate. There saying you that. go. Yeah. Okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'll make you believe it one way or another. <laughs> um, let's get into the next song then, which was a pick of mine. That would be Chop Shop. So this is chop one shop. of the chop shop. This is one of the first songs I can actually remember liking on this album. Um, in fact, the reason I can remember sort of where I was when I was listening to this album is because I used this song as like an alarm on my BlackBerry uh, to wake up in the morning. And oh, I can tell you that pick scrape to start the song <laughs> will get you out of bed in a hurry, especially if your alarm is turned up. Like it got to the point where I was like, I can't use this as an alarm anymore because there and there was a period oh, of man, time. I can't imagine. There was a period of time where it felt like anytime I'd hear this song, I just like kind of like cringe a little bit and be like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Um, but it's it is a song that, you know, I've 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 loved from the first time I hear it or heard it. And it actually features a feature that you didn't mention. Um, yeah, and I was going to ask. That's cool. You have those notes because I was like, okay, there's for sure a guest vocal on yeah. here. And so, and I can't remember who it was. Yeah, his name is. It's a, 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 I'm probably gonna, it's Mike Moen or Mike Moan. I'm not sure, but um, of the band Neutral Boy, which is an, I, I had to look mm. them up. They're they're an interesting band in the fact that he Mike Moen would go on to work with MXPX a couple more times at least, uh, and. The band, I was like, wow, that's interesting that those two bands crossed paths. But, I mean, it's the punk rock world. Anything can happen, right? Um, but, yeah, like I said, it's not actually the last time we'll hear from Mike Moen. Um, he's guested on another MXPX song that we might talk about down the line. Um, and the song is actually a true story about a murderer in Bremerton, which I thought was interesting. And what I really find interesting about this song is that, so MXPX being on tooth and nail here, I mean, I don't know where they were. I'm trying to think over the last couple of albums, if there was a point where it was like, okay, they clearly haven't written a song that mentions or is about God in quite some time. I don't think there's any on this record. I want to say maybe there was for sure one on before everything and after, like I think of the Capitol. Um, right. And then maybe there's one. It's what Secret Weapon's all about. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <Just> um, <laughs> maybe there's one on Panic. I can't remember. But uh but this song, the fact that it's on Tooth and Nail and Jesus Freak Hideout was still... Co- I don't know if they would cover MXPX now, right? Like, I don't know if Jesus Freak Hideout did a review or an interview heading into self-titled. Yeah. Or if, you know, MXPX would even do an interview. But they did do an interview about this record with Jesus Freak Hideout um, in which Mike was talking about how, you know, there's some stuff on this record that's not PG. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's a great way to... Just- this song surprises me that... You know, this record would have been sold 
you know, in Christian bookstores. And there's this song about a guy who's, it's called Chop Shop because it's about a guy who's basically axing his victims apart. <laughs> so like, it's pretty, pretty violent sort of stuff. But what were your thoughts on this song? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a little intense um, lyrically. And um, uh, again, my like, it's not my favorite song lyrically, but you know, again, it's not a first person, right? It's it's about a story, so it definitely fits. The music and the lyrics definitely fit well together on this song, mm-hmm. and I really do like the music on on this one. Um, I could really do without the sirens. It's <laughs> one like there. There's multiple bands that put sirens in songs, and every time I'm like, oh, that just yeah. But this isn't why? a siren; it's his guitar. <laughs> He's playing. Well, there's that. There's actual sirens in the, at the end of this song. I, I still think it's actually his guitar. Like I think, really? yeah, I think when I think about it, I'm like that's funny that he made a siren because I've, I mean, I've done the same thing on my guitar. You kind of figure out what the two notes are and you can make a siren sort of sound, right? I think it's still his yeah. guitar. I mean, it, it could be, I could be wrong, but I feel like it's actually still his guitar at the end. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, it fits it right. Somebody call the cops. Yeah. You have the sirens, so. Um, well, uh, I don't know. Just at, at, at the end of that, I was like, "Oh, that's I, I could have done without that." But yeah. yeah, it's definitely a unique song on here, and and cool that they kind of took on maybe a bit more touchy of a topic or whatever. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I wonder what I mean. Besides it being something that happened in Bremerton, like I wonder why this specific incident inspired them or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure um, why because he didn't mention why I think that he wrote the song. But uh, I don't know. I like it. It's always it stood out lyrically. It's unique, and I don't think yeah it's, for sure. I don't think it's bad by any means. Like there are some like we've talked about this where there are some MXPX songs where I'm like, why did you choose to go that route lyrically or whatever? But um, this one, I don't know. I, I also like stories that kind of tell songs, and I think this one does that. So uh, yeah, for sure. And that yeah, the the guest vocal on the chorus, like Mike Moen. He's got a pretty yeah. It adds a lot to yeah, it. He's got a pretty gruff sounding voice. I think he actually sounds. I feel even more gruff in his band. Maybe that's just because the production on this record is much cleaner than anything you know his band has released. But right, cool nonetheless. Let's get into uh, the last song that we're going to talk about off of Secret Weapon. That would be "You're on Fire." Yeah, tell us tell us about this one. Why you picked this one? So I'll just uh, comment um, that I had. I think when you mentioned, uh, well, I can't remember what song it was. Maybe I said something about a video song, and then you were like, "Well, I think this was oh, a yeah. video song yeah, well, or I, one of the singles or whatever." Yeah, and, that was. And uh, I wanted to do "Shut It Down." It, I think. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, that's pretty popular. It's a video, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't know if this one had a video. I didn't look it up. But I there was a radio station I worked at at the time, and this was the song we played off this album. Yeah, which would, which would make sense. This is definitely a, a radio song. Yeah. Um, fits well in there. Maybe they're the most kind of radio-friendly song on the album. Um, and I've always loved this song. I love that recognizable intro riff. It kind of hooks your ear right away, and it's got a really catchy chorus, too. I've always liked the positivity that this song brings, you know, encourages the listener to face their darkest conflict despite the road to uh, healing, hurting more than anything. And I think we all have situations in our life that can relate to that, whether, you know, it's a relationship or something more inward. We, we all have things to face, but, you know, when you're on fire, you know, so to speak, that you can blaze through those obstacles and overcome them. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, a cool, there, there's, and there's lots of positive messages on here, you know, Secret Weapon as well and yeah, yeah. Um, others throughout. And, yeah, I like during the verses, the guitar following a single string picking pattern. Yeah. Uh, which is maybe a bit different than the usual, you know, like palm muting or just straight playing through the verses. Makes the pre-chorus stand out a bit more, like the drums kind of come in, like the do-to-pla, to bu to pla And uh, the downside to this song for me is the bridge. I'm not a fan of that, like, single note with the, the effects, that wheel. We're going to fight. Wheel, We're going to fight. So, <laughs> we are going to fight. To me, that just kind of puts a damper on it, like it kind of kills the energy to it. And I hope you're ready to fight. And, uh, <laughs> So I'll say it, it ends back on the chorus um, and then ends with the intro, which for me is a high note. It brings it back. It's like, okay, there's just something about that. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, on why you like that kind of weird little Be- note thing. Because I like delay, man. That's all it boils down to. Uh, I'm okay. a guitar player who likes delay. No, I think, yeah, again... And XPX is in a delay band. Well, they are there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think on uh, Before Everything and After, I think they had a song where we talked about the delay that Tom was using because it was a, it was a, I can't remember which song specifically now, but it was a riff that kind of reminded us of angels and airwaves sort of thing. But, um, right. but yeah, no, this song, I, I had a couple notes here because like this song for me has always been sort of like one of those. It's fine. It's, it's interesting because when I think of slowly going the way of the Buffalo, if I want to compare those two records, for me, this song is kind of like the I'm okay, you're okay. Like, I like I'm okay, you're okay. I think it's a great song. And obviously in the Steve Kravak interview that you did, he talked about how like it originally wasn't going to be a thing that they were doing. And then I think their A&R guy or whatever was like, yo, this song could be a hit. Like, you should put it on the record. Um, it originally being a Cootie song. And uh, But it's it's just kind of this song where I'm like, yeah, it's it's good and it's a radio song and that's fine and we'll leave it at that. It's It's not one of my favorites necessarily. Um, there were things I like about it and that guitar is actually one of them. I really, for whatever reason, I think again, cause it's just something a little bit different. I feel like, especially coming into this record at this time, MXPX was trying things that were different from what they had done in the past. And I felt like they were having success with that. Like, I think they had tried to do things a little different on before everything and after. And as we discussed, it kind of fell flat for me panic you know yeah. I, I think they 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 were kind of starting to mix that a little bit and i just really think with this record it came together for me uh like that you know obviously the influence of their roots or whatever you want to call it going kind of back to that sound um but also then trying things that it like just different parts of this album that felt like it had a little more attitude maybe than they'd had in their on their last couple of records uh panic again started to show that a little bit but uh, i felt like we kind of got it here but polished and 
that just trying something different on that bridge for me really worked. It also features, uh, it's funny because backup vocals on this song, I originally thought again were Aaron Sprinkle. And I was going to comment on that and be like, man, here he is again. But it's actually Seth Roberts of Eager Seas. But you might know. Oh, yeah. So you might know them a little better as Watashi Wa. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, which um, if you haven't listened to the record Eager Seas by Watashi, by Watashi Wa, I'd say do it. Uh, it's, yeah. it's interesting because I think that feature probably came together because of Eager Seas. Uh, because this album was Mike produced that one. Yeah, well, and so and I just looked. So like, uh, Secret Weapon came out in 2007, and Eager Seas came out in 2006. And yeah, Mike, Mike is all over that record um, in yeah. different ways. So and Seth had also done the artwork for Panic, and I think also sang on a song on that record too. So they've yeah. they've kind of been around. I wonder. Do you know who together. did the artwork on this one? Uh, I'm gonna guess that was probably Invisible Creature, or or maybe it was called Asterisk at that time. Maybe whoever was doing kind of the tooth and nail art, it kind of looks like their classic, right? Kind of uh, I was just, flashy, polished look. <laughs> I was just looking to see if because I know I saw a note somewhere in one of these about who did the artwork, but I couldn't remember if it was. Oh yeah, uh, spoiler alert! He comes back. <laughs> Who's that? <It's> Seth. <laughs> Seth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, you're on fire. I've always liked the song, but it's always just kind of like I said, been one of those songs where it's like, all right, it's it's uh, it's there for me. Um, I do like the positivity in the in the song though, for sure. Uh, it's just kind of like where Mike was sort of starting to go, but I think we saw that a little bit on Panics, you know, where he was starting to go with that. Um, so I don't know if you had any other note. I did have one other notable song that I wanted to mention on here. Um, if you did as well. We brought it up. It's the song Shut It Down. But the thing I really wanted to kind of point out about it is that the beginning of the song uh, is actually an homage. Are we an homage podcast or or a homage podcast? Homage. Ooh, I like the homage. homage. Okay, they're paying homage to The Clash. (laughs) I don't know if that works. But uh, with the whole, uh, at the beginning, it says this is a public service announcement with guitars. Oh, yeah. So that's originally done, like, I mean, it's it's Mike saying it on here, but... uh, and I think actually in concert, Tom says it, I feel, before they play Shut It Down. I think he actually says, oh. this is a public service mm. announcement. Um, I could be wrong, though. It's been a while since I saw them. But it then explodes into a fantastic song. Uh, but that public service announcement bit actually comes from the song Know Your Rights by The Clash off of Combat Rock. Um, mm. And that album also features the songs Rock the Casbah and Should I Stay or Should I Go, which, speaking of Tom... Uh, MXPX has covered that song and Tom sings it, yeah. uh, which is pretty cool. It's, um, but yeah, I, I've I've really dug that song too. Uh, and the the video has, you know, like a, a yeah, it's a cool video, yeah, a rough you know kind of look to it. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's a good song as well. And yeah, that one I I always think of the video. Just you know they're playing up on the roof, and I think they've got like you know like fuzzed out TVs, and yeah. he's got the megaphone and. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of a, a classic for this one. Classic. I, I do just want to say with with the last song, it's not necessarily I have anything You're doing it delay. again. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this. I I, I got to uh, make um, what's the word? Uh, try to make up for myself or whatever. <laughs> um, fight for my opinion. That's fair. It's yeah. It's nothing to do with the delay. I don't mind that. I just wish it would have been something a little bit more interesting than just that single note going. <laughs> but see the thing I like it, yeah the thing I like about the single note is it really emphasizes the delay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just a little too like alien ray gun shooting or something. But uh, anyways, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, f- all good. Fine then. Uh, let's let's move into the next record we're going to talk about. That being Plans Within Plans. <laughs> Yeah, why don't you why don't you share your notes on this one? So it says this one is the 11th studio album, but there wasn't that many unless they're counting um, like covers record and something Maybe. else in there. Um, so I don't, yeah, because if the le- if um, Secret Weapon was the eighth, yeah, I was there <laughs> three in between. So they must have whatever on Wikipedia or something counted the other ones. But anyways, this is the follow up full length. Um, so this is their first original album since so 2007 Secret Weapons, not 2008. Yeah. Um, I, so I this said, album yeah, was come on, man. I said 2007 just a few minutes oh, ago. Oh, sorry. Maybe <laughs> I had said 2008 or whatever. Yeah. Anyways. It's all good. <laughs> the al- yeah, this album, so, you know, they they left, I guess. They just, I don't know if they just had a deal for the one album on Tooth and Nail, um, but this album was released on MXPX's own label, Rock City Recording Company, um, as well as... Uh, a few others in various plans within plans was ooh, as well as a few. I don't know what my notes said there. Sorry. <laughs> so they they had worked, um, you know, with many great producers over the years. How do you feel it aided or hurt the band recording and and producing it themselves after you know? So and also during this time, I wanted to mention that you know they'd kind of gone on an official hiatus. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom and Yuri didn't want to tour anymore yeah. and. And so Mike was kind of doing, you know, everything on his own. I think this was maybe when he was doing the All-Stars and still kind of keeping MXPX going. But I remember this album being, you know, kind of like his baby, like the thing he'd kind of been working on. And Yeah. yeah. I I mean, um, oh, before I answer your question about producers and stuff, uh, I counted it out. And so they must be counting the the on-the-cover albums in that to say it's their 11th in that particular entry. But anyway, uh, either that or they're counting let's rock and let it happen and not the on the cover albums. I don't know, but, right. but anyway, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, I think, I mean, I think it was fine. Like, cause in the end, I think it was, it was mixed. Yeah. It was mixed by Stefan Edgerton. Um, but they, yeah, they, they, I guess did all the engineering and stuff, uh, which I don't know. I think it's, it sounds great. I don't think there is any, any reason yeah. not to, um, maybe these are the, I, I often looked at MXPX records as kind of like, you could look at them in pairs, um, and they, they never really sounded alike from one record to the next. Like obviously going back, you had Poconaccia into Teenage Politics. Those records sound nothing right. alike. Then you had, you know, Life in General into Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo. Maybe the two that sounded the closest, and that's, I mean, they're both Steve Kravak albums, but even then they still sound different. Right. And then yeah. you had, you know, ever passing moment, I guess, into um, 
before everything and after and I don't think they sound alike. And then I, Plans is in there somewhere, I guess, because I, I often lump these two plans, or not Plans, sorry, Panic is in there somewhere. I often lump Plans within Plans and uh, Secret Weapon kind of together. And um, I think it, yeah, they might be the two most similar in sound uh, from one to the next as far as like overall production is concerned. And maybe that's just like, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's because, you know, they were engineering their own stuff or, or how that came to be. But I, again, spoiler alert, I really like this record too. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, me too. And, but you talked about, um, you know, this f- getting the feel that it was, you know, kind of like Mike's sort of baby or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming on the inside of the CD it has this as well. But on the inside of the record, there's actually like a little story that Mike has handwritten um, about how, you know, the album was titled. Uh, and it says, yeah, yeah. it says, I struggled with this album title for a long time. I had been recording this album between tours and booking tours, uh, studio sessions, and trying to live somewhat of a normal life. Life got in the way of that. Plans Within Plans was the only way I could describe all the mayhem that was going on behind the scenes of putting this collection of brand new songs together. I was and still am literally flying off the rails trying to juggle all the jobs that need doing to keep this ship afloat. I'm the captain going down with the ship, but just maybe we'll make it to land before we all go down. Part of that, there's like this very like, oh man, like that sounds. It does like they're at the end, or they're yeah, well, at the end of the line, or something. And it also sounds like it's not healthy for him, right? But obviously, yeah. I think like in you know looking back to see where they're at now, I think it's you know I don't I don't know where they were at specifically then, but reading that doesn't sound like it was very healthy for Mike. Looking now. He, you know, it all seems to be in such a great place or whatever, right? And they're all working so well together. Um, I remember yeah. this record coming out and being excited about it because of just that. Like the MXPX All Stars thing wasn't really something I was interested in. And I was like, well, I mean, it's kind of cool that for a stretch, you know, Chris Rowe was a member of MXPX All Stars. So they were yep. playing MXPX and Atari songs. I was like, that's incredible. Um, I would go see that in a heartbeat. But just the overall idea then when he was no longer a part of it, it was just like, ah, you know, I don't know. Um, but when they got, you know, kind of announced this and got back together or whatever, cause did, I'm assuming you watched the both ends burning DVD. Yeah. 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 Um, because that, I mean, when you see like when they end up coming back together, it's just like, you, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. Yeah. There's lots of interesting stuff around this time. I mean, they'd been around for so long and, you know, getting to that point where it's like, okay, you know, touring full time is not really viable anymore, you know, but Mike, you know, this was you know, the other guys had, had other jobs. Mike didn't. This, you know, he still wanted to keep pursuing it. Yeah. So I think it's cool that he did it. You know, from the sounds of it, he probably burnt himself out, you know, a little bit at least in the process. But, yeah. you know, he, he, he was trying to keep the band going. And, yeah, with that being said, I mean, this is an awesome album. Yeah. You know, assuming he probably did a lot or if not all the writing um, and, you know, putting the songs together himself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he, he definitely did a great job of that. And, and so my, to my point with him producing, like, yeah, it made sense to him for him to do that. You know, he wasn't going to go to a studio with a producer just by himself and, right. <laughs> and whatever. But, yeah, just I, I wonder what kind of how he felt after, you know, 10 albums of being, you know. And, I mean, they had done some stuff on their own. I think, you know, he recorded the Renaissance EP and probably some other stuff in there. But just, you yeah. know, all those full lengths that had been, you know, with quite a few big name producers in there. And yeah. so, um, you know, I'm sure there was some pressure and like, okay, like this is almost a new era of MXPX. Do I have what it takes to, you know, right. kind of match the rest of the discography? Yeah. 
And I think they did it. Um, going back to what I said about Secret Weapon and that opening track, I think Aces Up is another incredible opening track. Like it just yeah. launches you into the album. And uh, again, I, I really feel like this record um, on a lot of it really showed the growth of Mike as a lyricist at this time. Uh, there are some songs on here that are stand out in that regard. And Aces Up is one of them. Yeah, that is a good one. I also do want to mention I love the artwork on this album. Yep. I, I'm a sucker for, for band pictures, and it always bugs me when albums don't have a band picture in them. <laughs> so, so this one makes um, up for all the ones that don't because it's got a ton of yeah. band pictures. <laughs> well, yeah, it just, it just kind of has that cool classic look of the live shot on the, on the front. Like It almost looks like it would be for a live record, and mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something that just kind of has that classic kind of retro almost look to it, which... Yeah. I think was was really cool for this one. I remember seeing that and being really excited about that. But yeah, as far as what I said about Seth earlier, because it does say on here, layout and design by Seth. It just says Seth. So um, whether or not it was him uh, is interesting. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I do love, I've always loved the look of this record. And even just like the digital artwork, you know, when you just see the cover, I'm like, yeah, it looks sweet. And then when I ordered the vinyl, uh, it's it d- does not disappoint because like you said there's so many pictures on the inside then there's this like kind of handwritten note from mike uh, the only downside yeah, is cool. is the uh the vinyl didn't come with a lyric sheet in any way oh that's it just bad. says four lyrics and more please visit mxpx.com um, which i'm assuming it's not there anymore uh, yeah i don't know i haven't been to their website in a long time but yeah, i don't think they have any lyrics on there yeah um but yeah it is it is as far as a layout design is concerned, it's fantastic. I think it's, I think it's great. And like to see it in person when I got it, I was like, Oh, it just, it was even better. It met my expectations and exceeded them. So uh, let's get into some of the songs though, unless you want to jump back again and talk about aces up. (laughs) That's uh, no, take it away. All right. So let's get into screw loose. I'm going crazy. So I just wanted to say one thing real quick, because much like Secret Weapon, and maybe it's why I kind of lump these two albums together, the first two tracks on both of those records lights out good. And so Screw Loose is obviously the second track on this record. Um, and it starts out, this record starts with bangers back to back. I really feel this. And so I, I said this about um, Secret Weapon, and I'm doubling down on this one, on Plants Within Plants. I think... Which is funny when you think about the gap that happened between these records, because I think this was like Tom at his best uh, as far as playing guitar is concerned. There's stuff all over this record that is just so good. Ripping solos, like just riffs that are good. And it again, it'll be interesting when we get into some of the other records that, well, I guess the other record that came after this as far as full lengths are concerned, um, because I don't know if I have those thoughts about about his guitar playing now necessarily but um yeah so he for sure played those parts it wasn't doesn't say anything because uh, every time i hear those i'm like it just doesn't sound like tom's playing right? but you'd think they would credit you know if it was a, like it, a guest guitar player yeah um so okay so i'm gonna read through 
everything here. Really? Okay. <laughs> oh, was that was that not Stefan Edgerton well, that played? So this. Let me read. All right. So it says MXP, read away. MXPX is Yuri on drums and cymbals, Tom on electric guitars, Mike playing bass, vocals, additional guitars, uh, keys, and sequencing. And then as far as guests, um, there is no. Uh, no, oh, guest guitar on the Times by Jack Parker, which he was also there at that time. He was their second guitar player. Um, but that's the only guest guitar listed on oh. here. So okay, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Stefan had anything to do with the like actual production. I think he just mixed it. Um, right. But yeah, so as far as I know, I mean, it does say that Mike played additional guitars. So maybe all those absolutely like great riffs and stuff are Mike, but. Um, it doesn't say otherwise. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I choose to believe that it's all Tom. If only he'd answer our requests on Instagram and stuff, he could have answered that question for us. Yeah. He, uh, just, uh, cut me out. <laughs> it's fine. Cut it's me fine. out of the will. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this song? Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, to paraphrase from a review um, of this song. I Not think it was on a punk, no. on a punk news. Well, because this. as. <laughs> when it <laughs> when that came up, I had some some similar thoughts, so I thought uh, that was a, a good way. So it says the second track on the album, "Screw Loose," is a return to the hardcore sound that MXPX dabbles in with a song or two on each album. Um, fans of songs like "Get Me Out" from Panic and "Fist vs. Tact" um, will feel right at home. The only minor complaint with "Screw Loose" is its sequencing on the album. So this is why. I I like this because you just said you love that it's you know the second song, um, and so it seems kind of jarring for this song to follow Aces Up. The album would probably flow even better if Screw Loose were moved down the track listing. That being said, I I really like the song. I I think it's really cool and unique. And so maybe the opposite side of that is you know it, it's the second song. And you're like oh wow like okay this you know this is different than the first track. Like what's going on here? It kind of hooks you in a little bit. But I also do understand what they mean there by you know, it it's a little a little bit odd having the second song um, because often for me, like even still, when I go to listen to a new album, I often go to the second song first because lots of times the first song is you know like an intro or whatever. Yeah. And so if I went to this as the first track, I'd be like, oh wow, like okay, there's there's definitely something different going on here. Um, so I just anyways, my I guess phone it, into the abyss. I have no idea where it went. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's, it, do, you, do you need it right now? <laughs> well, I was I was trying to look something up, and then I went to put my <laughs> phone down, and it's gonna it's funny. Like, so I can't show you, but there's this bin full of stuff sitting beside me, and it's somewhere at the bottom of that. So well, I've got some work well. to do when we're done. <laughs> Hopefully, no one needs me. But um, yeah, yeah. So sorry, you're just saying it's kind of it's kind of jarring to go into the second song like so quick like this. Well. That that was kind of the the reviewer's response, oh, yeah. and I I kind of understand it, but I also think it's kind of cool too to to have it like just kind of flip flip sides, you know. Mm. Um, Aces up is you know just kind of that fast paced melodic MXPX, yeah. and then the second track is like you know usually with with the more kind of hardcore sounding songs, they are a little bit later yeah. in the album. Yeah. Um, and so to have the second song, you know, it's kind of a kind of a cool idea. Yeah. There's parts of it that on the song that really remind me of Rancid, actually. Kind of when the guitar gets a little bit kind of like jangly, jazzy during that second verse. Right. Um, it's yeah, it just for some reason really reminds me of Rancid. But yeah, I, I really like this song. It's it's got a cool feel to it, and um, yeah, I think it's just Mike kind of losing his mind <laughs> yeah. um, about the album, and yeah. 
Um, I did. Good song. Yeah. I also did want to say I have this, um, the seven inch of this, and I love the artwork on it because it comes off very DIY. I don't know if you've seen it. I didn't bring it downstairs with yeah, me. Yeah. It's just got like that, like, screw thing yeah. or a spark plug or something. Or But this is something that's kind of neat about this. Um, it's uh, I, one thing is it almost looks like it's printed on. Like they, like they printed it at home and just put it together that way, you know, like very yeah. DIY. But what I did want to point out is that the artwork for the seven inch that we're talking about is actually done by a guy named Mike Moen, who we talked about. Oh, he did there the, we go. Yeah, he did the guest on, uh, he was the feature on Chop Shop. Um, but again, that was, it's funny because I found that out after I wrote my note about Chop Shop and I was like, oh, and also he may or may not sing on another song. Uh, he, so he comes back again that we'll get to in the future. So he becomes kind of a recurring player um, for MXPX. Mm. So the artwork thing though was a surprise for me. I, I was looking at it, looking at the seven inch and flipped it over. I was like, oh, dang, that's kind of cool because I just looked up his name and I was like, oh, I know who that is. I can picture him. Um, yeah. But yeah, unless I see now I got to ask you every time because I think every other time you jump back. Do you have anything else you want to say about Screw Loose? That is all. <laughs> all right, then let's move into nothing left. So you're saying you had nothing left to say about Screw Loose. I like it. Um, that, that is true. So for this song, I'd like to know the story behind this song lyrically because it seems to be a complicated relationship or whatever uh, relationship dynamic that Mike is singing about because he sort of goes back and forth. Like I get the impression it's a song about a person who person A has stood by and stayed with, you know, whether it's a romantic relationship or just like, you know, a friend or a mentor or whatever the case may be, but stood by person B and person B just keeps letting them down. But at the same point, they just won't leave. They're never going to kind of leave them or leave their side sort of thing. But he, he sort of goes, he seems to go back and forth a little bit lyrically, um, which kind of gets a little bit confusing. So I would like to know the story, but... Uh, musically, yeah. it's a pretty straightforward song. I like the fast palm muting in that opening riff, and it really just kind of... Yeah. The, the thing about MXPX in this time, I feel, is a lot of their songs start and then just go, right? And that's one thing I really like about these two albums. And uh, Seth Roberts is back doing backup vocals on this song again. Oh, so, sweet Seth. So yeah, he's all over these these records. I do. I wish the, the writing wasn't so small on Secret Weapon, because I was trying to look to see who did the artwork on that, but... Um, what are your? Uh, that's a pet peeve of mine. When that's a random tangent, but I hate on booklets where, especially there's a few where there's like they're handwritten on the lyrics and like this right, and you can't super small it. written. And it's like oh, that's annoying. Yeah, this is. I mean, yeah, it's a classic fast-paced MXPX song. Um, you know, every one of their records needs this. This is kind of what their fans have, have come to expect. I like the flow of the song between the verses and chorus and that little instrumental part that you mentioned. Um, kind of at the start and in between the ver- the chorus and the verses, it just kind of you know breaks up the song a little bit. 
Um, the bridge breaks up the song, you know, by cutting the tempo in half, which gives you know a little bit of breathing room. Um, and then it ends back on that fast chorus, and you know, it's a very to the point song, structurally and sonically. But I, I just always love this one. To me, these are the kind of songs that that kind of make the album for me. Even though they maybe don't have anything special, yeah. I would just want to hear this song. I'm like, okay, I, I can get into this. Yeah, um, I did want to jump back a little bit. I gave you crap for jump, for jumping back, but I remembered something I wanted to mention. We can jump all around. So, jump around. so on our Discord that I mentioned earlier, which you can find at growingpunkpod.com, uh, we were chatting the other day with some of the fine folks on there, and uh, Jason from uh, Unoriginal Vinyl, I, I was just asking, I was like, hey, what are your guys' thoughts on Plans Within Plans and Secret Weapon? And Jason pipes up and says... I actually did uh, record. I'm on that record. I did gang vocals on that record on Secret Weapon, and so yeah. And I was just reminded when I was looking for uh, to see who did the artwork because I was just trying to skim it. I was like, oh yeah. And so he actually he his voice was on a couple of the songs we talked about. But so that's jumping back. But yeah, I I know what you're saying about nothing left in just being like this song. Like you can just go, yeah, I can I can get into this, Uh, which is I think for me a sign of a good MXPX album. That's just what it boils down to. Like when they're on their game, I feel like even maybe some of those songs that feel like, you know, they're a middle of the road song, you can just get on board because it all flows so well. Right. So, and I, and I think maybe that's going back to screw loose for a second in the thought of it being, you know, the second song on the record. And maybe there'd be an issue for me, if it was just kind of downhill from there, like, oh, they literally put their best two songs at the front and then the rest was just kind of like work to get through. But this album, I don't think is that way at all. So I, I find, I find it okay. So did you have, did you have anything left to say about uh, nothing left? That is all. It's got nothing left. Okay. I just <laughs> wanted to make that joke one more time. Um, so let's move into stay on your feet. Uh, why this song? Oh, I, I just I love this song. It, it's got a really cool guitar riff that makes the beginning of the song interesting and flows into that first verse where that bass kind of has kind of that cool riff kind of going throughout when he's singing. Um, I like this tempo for MXPX. It's not you know as slow as halftime, mm-hmm. um, but it's a good medium between you know the blazing fast and halftime. And I don't know, just something about that tempo just like hooks me in right away. And, uh, yeah, it adds a lot to the flow of the song, making the chorus really catchy and easy to sing along to, which is always a good thing. 
Um, and just kind of an interesting correlation between, at least for me, maybe being a drummer or just tempo can sometimes do that just the right tempo it's like it just kind of almost like gets your body in that kind of swing or whatever mm-hmm. um, yeah, there are some great harmonies on this chorus um, which I love singing along to I don't know uh, I think it's just Mike who does the harmonies on I this think one so, yeah. and then the build up to that last chorus where the drums kind of cut out and the kick drums just going um, it just keeps it's just kind of that you know anthemic you know put your fist in the air sing along and uh, yeah, I don't know. This song just always kind of just gets me stoked. Yeah, um, this is one that I often find myself coming back to lyrically. It's an excellent. I've said this a couple times on this episode. It's an excellent example of how good Mike can be. Um, I think it's like right in his wheelhouse when he's at his mm. best. When he's at his best, I actually compare him uh, to a guy like Toby Morse of H Two O, whose lyrics I really kind of it's like when he's writing songs about just being a better person or you know keeping your chin up sort of thing right like yeah times may be tough but you've got this i've got you to help you get this sort of deal right yeah 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 good comparison yeah and i just find that when mike is at his best writing these kind of songs i'm like yeah mxpx all day every day um you know inspiring hope in dark places or even just in your everyday life uh and then mike's bass work i think kind of where you were talking about where it cuts down to the kick there's there's a part where he's playing a bass line towards the end that um i just think is really great uh i think it's really i think it's actually the bass line comes in right before it cuts down to the kick and it's just classic like mike mike herrera like punk bass line sort of thing great bass tone and he's just busy doing all of his, his bass stuff can you hear the bass solo Oh, I sure can. Yeah, this I, I like the positivity on this song, and yeah. I kind of like to picture him writing these, like just encouraging almost himself throughout this process. You know, just just keep going, and yeah, kind of reminiscent of your now that you're on fire. Just yeah, you know, there's going to be tough things to do, but just keep going, and things will turn around. And maybe this is the you're on fire of this record. I think it's probably sequenced in a similar spot. Um, as track seven versus where do you think you're on fire is? <laughs> Eight, nine, ooh, ten. Yeah, ten. It's hard to read. <laughs> Man, Sweet, it's impressive. Third, um, a third guess. <laughs> that, was, it, that was like exciting <laughs> podcast, exciting podcasting right there. Even if the video works, it's exciting because it's just me like squinting, looking at, at the back of the vinyl, trying to read what it says in the dark. Um, yeah, no, it's a great song. So let's move into, I guess, the final song that we're going to look at from these two records, and that would be Far Away. Give it to me, man. Why this song? Yeah, this... Oh, man. Well, this was the first song that many would have heard off this album because it was at the end of the Burning at Both Ends DVD. 
And uh, I, I still remember seeing that for the first time and just being like, like what is this? Because it, maybe it says something like new album coming or whatever. I can't remember, right. but it was just totally unexpected. You know, I thought it was just, okay, credits are going to play and they'll just be playing, you know, a clip from them jamming in their jam space or whatever. And so, so have a video of a new song just threw me off and got me so excited. And I don't know, to me, this is like one of the, the best songs on the album. And this is the kind of MXPX that gets me excited. I remember sending this to to a few friends that like were kind of into punk when I was years ago, but I've grown out of it a little bit. And I sent this to them and they were like, wow, like this is like some of the best MXPX I've heard in years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so another comment on that review is this is, that they kind of thought it was a shame that this song was so far down. You know, had this song followed Aces Up, you know, that would have been that kind of, uh, you know, an awesome opening one-two punch. But, um, yeah, I think it, it's cool at the end of the end, or kind of towards the end of the album as well. And, yeah, I don't know. Every time this song comes on, I just, I love that opening kind of little riff that, that adds to it. And, um, yeah, I I wish there was kind of more yeah. more stuff like that on this album. Yeah, lyrically again, this song is um, it's really good, and I, I like I get the vibes from like the the little handwritten note that's inside there where he talks about the captain going down with his ship, you know, and just hoping that they can stay afloat long enough to find land, sort of thing, right? Like, uh, and I, I get the idea that it was written in this time where it was just like. You know, maybe feeling lost or feeling like, okay, maybe this isn't what we're gonna, what we're gonna do, sort of thing. Like potentially the end of the band type deal, right? Like it's just not working. It's um, a lot of you know hard, exhausting work or whatever. And you know whether you're sinking in the ocean, land just seems like it's not close enough. You can't get to it. Or it talks yeah. about. Uh, I think it's. I can't remember if it's talking about like a fire or whatever, like on land. And it's basically saying like either get to sea or get to higher ground. But you know the sea's just too far away, and higher ground is too far away, and you're just kind of stuck, right? But I think um, in uh, when oh this is this is the song where I was thinking of where it breaks down and he just starts screaming because yeah he starts screaming yeah it's awesome yeah but then the like I, I can't remember if it's the last line in the song or it's right towards the end of the song where he says a new day will dawn just keep up the fight just sums up Mike's message pretty well I think at this time yeah and again it's like what I what I kind of like when I hold on to you know when I look back at MXPX in their career and I say look back like they're not around anymore they're still going. Um, I think they found a real sweet spot, by the way, with how they've got mm. their setup going right now. But when I look back on like their library and I look at, say, Life in General, you know, that being a record about, you know, high school, basically, and then slowly going the way of the Buffalo being about kind of realizing that, oh, man, life isn't all I necessarily thought it was going to be. And then obviously troubles with their label and stuff. Um, and then just kind of coming through and then seeing like uh, where they're at, like at this point, this record Again, I've said it so many times on this episode. Lyrically, this is easily my favorite MXPX album. Um, oh wow! From start mm. lyrically, sorry, I don't know if yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. Okay. Yeah, I just, okay. Yeah, I, like, I, well, I don't well, know well. if I, I don't know if I could pinpoint a whole album that's favorite. Well, I lyrically, just think but that's cool. Yeah, I just think because of what they're singing about, and I look at you know as an adult, they're clearly adults, right? Um, whereas like looking back on some of those other records, I'm like, yeah, they were in high school or they were just out of high school and they were dealing with, you know, like learning what life was like and, you know, this, you know, dispute with tooth and nail and just like these different things that I'm kind of like, yeah, that's coming into their songs. Whereas like this stuff, I'm like, he's just singing about everyday stuff, but doing it in a really strong way. 
And mm. I wonder if, you know, like, I don't know if the, if the gap, I'm trying to think what the gap was between this one and self-titled versus this one and, and, uh, secret weapon. Like if there's a big gap there or not, like if it says, because like, yeah, lyrically, I just think this record is, is so strong. Um, but yeah, no, this was, this was a good pick. Do you have any more thoughts on far away? Uh, no, just cool video, cool song. Um, did the, I thought I remember something about that kind of lead riff too being, um, by a guest too, but I don't know. Uh, Cause I think at this point, I don't, I don't know if they had that second guitar player or not, if, if they had someone do that on there, but I don't know. I, I could just be making that up too. Yeah. I mean, if, if it was a guest guitar player, it's not listed in, um, uh, oh no! Sorry, I lied. Hundred percent guitar solo on "Far Away" and "In the Past" by Stefan Edgerton. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he I did. Thought so yeah, so um, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to look back and see which ones I was like, oh, Tom was ripping it up here, and it was actually Stefan Edgerton. But uh, <laughs> I, I think there <laughs> well, are more than just the two solos on the album, though. So um, comfortable yeah. in saying Tom is still at his at his best here. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh great song but i did have a couple something that i thought was neat that i sort of found out about this album uh last second as i was yeah, wrapping yeah. up let's kind hear of this uh, fun fact so we've talked about features and guest appearances and there are some familiar names all over the liner notes um especially on the song best of times uh the swellers provide the gang vocals on the song best of times and nick deaner oh, right on yeah nick deaner of the swellers actually does full-on backup vocals in that song so i actually i asked him I was like, because I messaged him. Yeah, I was like, I sent him a message like, hey, we're doing um, an episode on MXPX Plans Within Plans. And I saw a familiar name on there, your name. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So he actually said they recorded their vocals while on tour in Orlando. He had like a, they were, he believes they were in Orlando at the time. Um, He had uh, like a little setup with them or whatever. They did their vocals. And so I got to talking with him a little bit. And I was like, because it seems to be a song about, you know, just like the band having a great time on tour, whether it's one tour or different tours or whatever. And so I asked, I was like, do you think he asked you because, you know, you guys toured together? And he's like, I kind of get that vibe, but he couldn't confirm whether or not it was specifically written about, you know, a tour that they did together. He just thinks that Mike asked him because he thought their voices would sound good together. So, um, yeah, cool. <laughs> so there you go. I, just, I, don't, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, I was just, uh, again, I was just looking through the vinyl, going through the credits, and I was like, oh, look at that. It says... Right at the top of the of the um, guest spots on the, the guest features or whatever uh, that was listed. So, did you have any other songs you wanted to kind of mention from the record? Um, no, not specifically. It's yeah, it's a great record overall, and I always love going back to it. And um, mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't picture any songs that I skip on here. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I think there it's it's a good variety. It's it's a good mix. It's kind of a you know, if you were into earlier MXPX, you know, this is one that would kind of bring you back. If for some reason, you know, Panic and Secret Weapon didn't do that, I think this one definitely would. Yeah, I would say I, I think I agree in the sense that I don't really have any songs that come to mind that I skip on this on this record. Whereas like Secret Weapon, there are a couple where I'm like, uh eh. Like, I'm trying to remember what the name of... So there's like Bass Solo, which I don't really like off Secret Weapon necessarily. And then there's like one, I believe he's singing, I don't know if he's singing in, yeah, I think he's singing in Spanish at some point. I can't pinpoint the song, hmm. but I'm always like, eh. Um, I also don't remember what album that's on. It could be on this one for all I know. But anyway, I did have, I did want to say like these two albums have kind of only grown in likability for me 
over the years. Like Plans Within Plans, I, th I feel like I liked from the get-go. Secret Weapon, I liked, but was a little slower to warm up to. And then just over the years, I just kind of went, okay, okay, like I can, I can get into it. And I think they're full of... Um, some of the best songs that MXPX has written, especially for yeah. sure, like post ever passing moment, definitely some of the yeah, best songs sure. I've ever written. Um, and Mike grew as a songwriter from before everything and after to panic, we saw some growth, but I think we saw even more of a growth, uh, between panic going into secret weapon and then into this. And obviously secret weapon into plans within plans. A lot of that is, well, he just aged a couple of years. Right. And he was just seeing the world very different. And I think he had been for, yeah. for some time. So, um, but yeah, I love both of these records. So I think that, uh, that will wrap up the episode unless you had one more, if you, if you wanted to conclude in any way, or are you just going to say, uh huh? I just, I, I need to, I need to revisit secret weapon. It's, it's bugging me now. I'm ah. kind of thinking like, Oh, maybe, maybe I just didn't listen to it enough cohesively. Like maybe I just kind of picked through the songs or yeah. kind of knew the ones that, that I liked that I was going to talk about or, yeah. um, so maybe I just need to listen from start to finish. And, um, because I, I mean, yeah, MXPX are my all time favorite band. So part of me feels bad saying like, ah, I didn't like that album as much because, you know, I like all their albums for, for different reasons. Yeah. And so I feel like I need to go and, uh, um, give it a re listen just to see if I can change my thoughts. That's fair. So Aaron's going to go revisit it. That's what's going to happen. Um, we're about to get out of here, though. So make sure you go follow us on uh, all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find our personal ones there as well. Again, we've got merch. We've got T-shirts with our faces on them or without our faces on them if you don't want our beautiful faces on them. Uh, we're also <laughs> on Discord. Uh, you can find us on there. You can find all the links for that stuff at growingpunkpod.com. That is our website. And uh, coming up, we're going to we're, we're starting to do something new here. Uh, we've got we're going to call it the show after the show um, where we're going to talk about our favorite go-to non-punk albums. Uh, that's what's coming up on this specific show after the show though. So if you want to hear us talk about that, you got to go sign up on Patreon. Remember how I said, you know, like bonus episodes sort of things? It's literally a bonus episode. Um, for five bucks a month, you will get bonus episodes. You will get exclusive blogs and some videos and stuff. Uh, it's pretty simple, pretty easy. Five bucks a month. If you want to see our faces more. You can I just I just thought of a sweet tagline for those, the bonus boner episode. <laughs> Uh, I wish I could just. Sorry. I wish I could just end it right there, uh, but instead I just going to say there so, will be a shirt coming out with the that bonus on it. boner episode. So go sign up, uh, Patreon.com/slash/GrowingPunkPod, or just go to GrowingPunkPod.com. The link that is there as well. But that'll do it for this episode. So bye bye. Yeah. Maybe you've been down here too long. The ultimate in British engineering. You must be joking. As I learned from my predecessor Bond, I never joke about my work. <laughs>